This episode of Tailgate Talks is brought to you by Blanca. Tune in live to interact with the hosts on Wednesday nights, 6.30 central, at www.twitch.tv backslash Blanca OG. Hope you enjoy the show. guys here we are week 34 episode 34 we have not missed a single week for you guys we love putting this on for y'all but um we do need y'all's help as always make sure uh if you're not uh subscribe to the podcast on spotify or itunes if it is on itunes make sure you give us that five star rating drop us a review in the comment section below and help us grow this show as much as we can so we can put on a good show for you for years to come um but if you haven't already, as well, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. Uh, we are also on Instagram and Facebook. But more importantly, recently, I guess if you want to look at our our, our, our one of our focus shifts recently has been uh, has been YouTube. We've been putting a lot of content out there, so make sure you do look us up on YouTube, Tailgate Talks or Tailgate Talks Podcast. You can find it. Just type that into the search menu and. Uh, Give us, give us a subscribe there. Ring the bell. You know, we, we've been having some fun making the short videos for you guys. And, you know, we understand sometimes you don't always have a bunch of time to listen to the full episode. I know we talk for about an hour to an hour and a half sometimes. So, um, we have some shorts out for you guys on, on YouTube. Um, but, uh, as far as our personal accounts go, uh, make sure if you want to give Dustin a personal follow, you can follow him at, follow him at DustinWimmer22. Brooks, you can follow him at Calvin B. Barrett. And me, you can find me at Blanca, where the L is a one. And uh, lastly, if you have any sort of suggestions for the podcast, uh, give us a shout-out over at our email, which is tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts or questions. Ask us anything you want to know or hear on the show. Or if you have any sort of uh, any, anything you want to reach us, out to us about that you don't want to hit us up on the socials or in DMs or anything uh, anything like that. Uh, so with all that out of the way, uh, we got plenty for, for, to talk with y'all today. Uh, mostly we, we have no NFL for one or for once. Finally, nothing of importance happened. Uh, one week, we just needed one, one week from it. Uh, cause it was just every single week. Dustin was over here like, dude, I, I, I'm tired of this. We're done. We, we needed a break from this, but, um, we do have plenty of, plenty of Texas tech news for y'all. Obviously, the NBA playoffs have been going off. It's been fantastic. So, uh, without further ado, let's jump into Club Red. All right. So, uh, Club Red for the week. We got it. We got a good episode for you guys. <clears throat> uh, Dustin, you might need to unmute yourself if you want to join in on the talk. Just, just throwing it out there. No help. <laughs> He's the one that muted me. I'm just saying. I know because I always catch background noise in the opener, and so and I had to start doing it again. I blame you. It's it's my fault for y'all's background noise. No, it's not. <laughs> so, um, 
Big 12 tournament to kick it off. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start the discussion on that. Obviously, nobody really... I, I don't put any big value in the Big 12 tournament. It was kind of a good way to get some games, see maybe a couple of decent teams in there, and uh, we ended up losing to, to TCU in the second round. Uh, TCU ended up winning the whole thing. But, uh, Dustin, any, any thoughts on, on the Big 12 tournament or championship? Well... I mean, we had a good showing first game against Baylor. We came out and crushed them. And then our second game against TCU got postponed. So it really screwed us on the schedule. We had to play back-to-back games on Friday. So once we lost to TCU, we had to turn around and play Kansas State, and we just didn't show up for that one either. Um, So TCU kind of rolled through our side of the schedule after that and went on to win the whole thing. Kind of sucked just having to – play two games in a row on Friday after being ready Thursday. So that really sucked and kind of screwed things up, but not enough, luckily. Right. Very, very true. Uh, and, and kind of a main fact to take away from all this. And we'll, we'll, we'll dive further into it later, obviously, but we kept a top eight seed, which means we kept a regional tournament. Um, Brooks thoughts on thoughts on the, on the big 12 championship. No, I just wish we would, uh, left that with a little bit of a better taste in our mouths, but yeah. you know, you kind of sucked it up there on that last day where you just couldn't, you know, hit the ball and you couldn't keep the other team from scoring. So uh, not the way you would like to go into the tournament, but we've done this many times before. So uh, I guess it doesn't scare me all that much. So uh, no. And, but I mean, we've never, I feel like even our best teams have never put a big stock into the Big 12 tournament. Like in college, or in basketball, I mean, and in baseball. Like, we don't really care no. about this. The The goal is, and always will be, to win a national championship or get as close to it as we can with a shot at every single game. Yeah. So, um, Jack Joker, welcome to the chat. Chat, Welcome to the, to the tailgate. Appreciate you guys dropping in, as always. Um, so... Moving on to the next thing that we're actually worried about, which is the start of the NCAA tournament, right? And this is where where the big big bucks matter. This is where uh, our games really do need to be on point. And luckily, again, we're, we're hosting another regional. We got the eight overall, eighth overall seed, so we, we 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 snuck in there or barely didn't get kicked out of, of hosting it. Awesome job there to to our guys all year. But to kick this off, we have a stat for the week. Early in the early in the show for you guys, Dustin's gonna give you what. What do you got for this week? Take that for data. Yeah, so Tech baseball held on, kept a top eight national seed. So that means if we can win regionals, we will host the super regionals. Which reason that's important. So this is our fourth time in five seasons to have a top eight national seed. And the reason I think that's important is because three out of the four years that we have made it to Omaha, we have hosted a super regional. So very important to have that home field advantage, not only for these first two rounds um, in the set of games, but for that next set when you're playing possibly a much larger, bigger opponent in what's basically like the sweet 16 of college baseball, you can have a home series for that in a trip to Omaha. So huge for those guys to have the top eight national seed for the fourth time in five years. You got to take that win Brooks. Um, what, what, what's your thoughts on, on gaining the regional on us, getting the eight seed 
on on our bracket for this regional. Um, what, what what are you thinking so far going into this? Yeah, so we knew we were going to be a regional host. Um, the only thing we didn't know going into Monday was whether we were going to be a national seed or not. I think a lot of a lot of us thought we might slip out of the top eight after our performance at the Big Twelve tournament because a lot of the rankings had us you know 10th or 11th or somewhere in that range and so i think a lot of us were a little bit surprised when it came through that we were the eighth seed there was a little backlash about it with some uh baseball writers thinking that notre dame should have got in as an eighth seed because they have a better record than we do but notre dame played high school teams all year and we played teams at the top like every what we played arkansas mississippi state texas tcu four of those teams are national seats so we've had our fair share of competitive series throughout the year and we won a lot of those competitive series so um i think think it's deserving i think it also helped that we kind of have a very recent history of hosting selling out being a good host, all that kind of factored into it. I think maybe, a little bit. Maybe might have pushed the needle a little bit because we do have the facility and the and the city uh, to be able to support a tournament like this. So uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I just think our our play this year has been, you know, we played a strong schedule. Mm-hmm. We've been competitive all year. Um, sure, we've face our fair share of injuries but what we've been able to do with that has been i think respected and yeah i think it does leave a you know that thought in their head that we've been hosting every single year and we've been in the college world series and maybe that has a little bit but i think overall it's your play and what you did on the field that earned you this spot and you know when you play the best teams (laughs) when you play the best all the best teams you're gonna that's gonna help you out like a bit of like a like a legacy vote kind of thing. Like we've been in it for for like we're 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 going to be and obviously with with this uh Tadlock extension on their, you know, life life lifelong extension on his contract, uh we're going to be in in the college baseball discussion for years to come. Like I'm not really worried that yeah. he's not going to be able to recruit. And so like Maybe it's just kind of finally starting to be like, okay, you know, you know what I'm thinking? It might be like, it's like whenever UT gets a stupidly high ranking at the start of every football season for no reason. I, I, I feel like we, we've almost crossed that path of like people know that we're, we, we like have a bit of a national respect, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, because we had good yeah, play, maybe, but, but it's we've just... earned it. We've earned it. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but they it, don't but give just... us that ranking, and we and then we shit the bed. They give us that ranking, and then we make the College World Series. So I think it's a little right. bit different. But I get what you're trying to say. Yeah, like I, I'm not saying we're shit. I'm just saying like there's there's oh, a yeah. bit of national recognition now to Texas Tech baseball. It's not just oh we went we went you know 40 and 0 or something like that. Like no 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 we 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 we're an established program. Is all. Yeah. Um. So. First game going to be on Friday, uh, this Friday, actually, both sets of games. 11 a.m. is going to be the first game. We're going up against Army. Uh, the next game will be on Saturday after that, depending on who wins the first two. Um, obviously, we do expect a win out of that game. 
Um, anything that y'all would maybe be scared of throughout this first part of the regional with any of these other three teams? Uh, Brooks. Well, let's just kind of take a look at who's in the regional. We haven't mentioned them yet, so let's do that. Uh, our team that we're playing Friday, of course, is Army. Yep. Uh, they come in as the four seed, a 28 and 23 overall record. And then the two seed, the UCLA Bruins, at 35 and 18, and North Carolina Tar Heels at 27 and 25. From what I've seen, it was a little bit of a shock that North Carolina had made the tournament. They were kind of one of those bubble teams that snuck in. Um, but UCLA has a pretty identical pretty record to you. Uh, a friend of ours texted us yeah. a little bit before we got on. UCLA has the same odds to win the national championship as we do. <laughs> really? So I don't know what that says. Um, I don't know like, if they have a – guy at super good and coming back from injury or what the case is, but apparently, yeah, they got something. They're coming in pretty strong, I guess. I mean, that's a pretty I think good I've seen that they have, they have a really this. good pitcher who's lost one game on the year. I would imagine they throw him uh, against, you know, if they win, I would imagine that they try to throw him game two. Uh, a lot, a lot of teams try to throw their best pitcher in the second game. Cause it's either your, you know, facing elimination or your chance to, you know, secure a spot in the championship of the regional. And then I think they have a really good, I think we're going to have two of the best shortstops in the country here over the weekend. I think they have a really, really good first round prospect shortstop is what I've seen. I mean, they, they, what was you, what did you say the record was 30 something and 18. 35 and 18. That's pretty while good. While we sit at we we're 36 and 15, so Yeah, that's literally um, right on our right on our heels. Solid. Good. I don't know what their level of competition was in the Pac-12. I know the Pac-12 was kind of down this year, but um and I don't really know who they played non-con. Yeah. But still I mean you you got to respect oh. the amount of wins there. So I, I think it's going to be a good tournament. Um, There's a team to watch out for. It's definitely them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's sounding like. So, expectations for Texas Tech in this postseason. Because already opening out of the gates, UCLA is going to be a bit of a speed bump um, going on to going on to the Super Regionals. Um, Brooks, what, what, what are your expectations for us here? I mean, do you expect to just have, have an have a easy trip back to the College World Series? Or is there going to be kind of some... some, some uh, some speed bumps along the way that really kind of s slow down that confidence. It's tough to say. So we said it all year. This team has been very inconsistent. You don't know what you're getting each and every weekend from them. You're going to beat Texas at Texas, but you're going to lose at home to Baylor. Just things like that, that have been frustrating throughout the season. We haven't had a complete weekend in forever. So I really feel like this is a team that's either going to get bounced in regionals or they're going to go to the College World Series. Because in a three-game series, I feel pretty comfortable saying that. I think we can take two out of three from somebody in the Supers. Um, I just am curious how it's going to be if we have to play like a fourth game in the regionals or if we have to battle back. I just haven't been able to trust our pitching enough. Uh, so that makes me nervous. So that's kind of how I see it. I either see us not making it out of the regionals or I see us making a trip back to college world series. Cause I'll take whoever we can play in a series. <laughs> um, but if we have to, if we have to go 
you know, four games this weekend, uh, it makes me a little nervous. Who's going to throw that fourth game? Yeah, it's not going four games for sure. So hopefully we can handle things in just three games and get out of there and go to the next round. But that's where I see us maybe having a big hiccup because Stanford, who in D1 baseball is ranked seventh, we're ranked ninth. I mean, it doesn't, that doesn't matter anymore, but they're right there with us. They're, they would be meeting us here for that next round of Supers. So that'd be a really tough matchup and game. So handle business this weekend. Let's go into the weekend with a win. Next weekend, come back. Hopefully, maybe Stanford gets upset and we got to play somebody else. That'd be kind of nice, but we never get the breaks. <laughs> nope. But, yeah, it's Omaha or bust. I mean, even with this team that has all the injuries, I mean, this is probably Tim Tadlock's best coaching I think he's ever done because of all the injuries and question marks and unproven guys that we've had. But it's still – the expectations are still as high as ever. So, it's it's Omaha or nothing. Yeah, I still agree that that's the expectation. I just – I feel like I'm a little more nervous about it this year. Here? Um Yeah. Yeah, uh, Arlie, you're muted. Right, there, yeah, so. yeah, it was fine. I, 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 I mute yourself. I, I know. I, I mute myself just to cut down background noise. But like, I, I I'm with you on that, Dustin. Uh, I, I really do feel like the, the, especially with last season getting canceled and extra players being in here and basically having eighty million, probably about 80, 80 backup pitchers. Um, just having such a large roster, I think. I really do feel the same. I really do feel like we need to make it to Omaha. I feel like that's where that needs to be our goal. And anything short of that is going to be a disappointment. Uh, realistically, can we make it? Yeah, I do. Uh, I do think so. I think our starting pitching's solid enough. And our bats, if they get hot, get get hot enough to beat any team in college baseball. And so I think it's just going to come down to that, that closeout pitching rotation if they can keep whoever's the opposition off the scoreboard. But... And let's just hope we've been saving our best for the last. And we've oh, yeah. seen our teams do that plenty of times before. So, uh, so um, next thing, uh, let's go ahead and uh, jump over to the next topic. Well, hey, if you're in love, it get out there and support them this oh, weekend. Yeah. Absolutely, I'll be there. I'll be there Friday. Drink uh, a lot of ultras. Get some good tailgating in. Where where you good times? Wear your tailgate talks T-shirt out there. If you're if you happen to wear one or have one, we we we've given out what we've given out like 30, 40? We've given out yeah, probably something like that. Quite a few. We've given out given out quite a few of those. But yeah, the game will be on Friday. Uh, it is a, a an eleven a.m. game. It's gonna be is eleven a.m. or ten a.m. Eleven a.m. Yeah, it's eleven a.m. game. So I wasn't sure if it changed it to Central. Um, it's gonna be broadcast on ESPNU, but obviously we're gonna be out there at the Dan Law all weekend. So make sure you go out there and support. First game's Friday at 11. Uh, if we move on, next round will be Saturday. The game time, not posted on this detail. But anyways, uh, so jumping forward to the next topic for Texas Tech. Very cool little little topic. Um, Brooks, do you want to go into full full uh, explanation as to what this is? You want me to describe it as best as I know it? Um, I mean, I've got the basically what they tweeted out here um beyond verified they announced it monday morning it's a new program a nil program which is name image and likeness 
and it launches in June and it provides an provides an industry leading tools for student athletes to build and grow their name, image, and likeness while also learning how to protect their business assets. Uh, it is kind of a groundbreaking program for that tech is doing here. We all, if you're paying attention to sports at all over the last several years, we've known that the name and likeness thing has been big. That's why you don't have NCAA football video games, mm-hmm. but these laws are coming into play. NCAA is trying to help these players make a little bit off of their name and image and likeness. And so tech implementing this program is a pretty big deal and it's going to help student athletes create a brand, learn how to work with that brand and learn how to protect that brand and make it, you know, something valuable. We've seen several of our athletes, you know, Patrick Mahomes comes to mind the most, but you know, we all knew about him here, but he's got himself a pretty dang good brand and he's done pretty well with his professional career in that line um, w- with his Twitter, with his various business ventures that he's already doing. So if, you know, set a good base for these athletes, help them uh, benefit from themselves and their time here at Tech and set them up for a future. Pretty cool. I I think it's phenomenal. I, I I'm actually, as I was reading this, I was getting more and more excited because it's a step in the right direction uh, for college athletes, which the NCAA and the universities are making a lot of money off of them. And so this is a step in the right direction, in my opinion, towards them kind of getting, I guess, uh, outside of, uh, you know, free education, uh, financially somehow getting, getting compensated for their efforts on the field, whatever their sport is. And so um, I, I love this. Uh, as soon as you sent that or posted that in the show notes for today, I read through it and was like, this is this is very, very good step for, for any college athlete going forward. And uh, I don't know. D- Dustin, any, any thoughts on, on the, on the uh, Beyond Verified program? Now, y'all nailed it. A um, lot of good things for future student athletes. And one, it makes tech look really good to try to help them out. And – I see this being one of many institutions to start rolling out these kind of things for student athletes, because if not, you're going to be behind yeah. and yeah. that's going to start to be a recruiting tool against you if you don't have it. So I think we are one of many that's going to come out, especially this summer when a lot of new programs and updates to facilities and programs and all that comes out. So look for a lot of, a lot more institutions to do this. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think it's the right step. Uh, I'm loving it. And um, are we? Do y'all know if we're the first one to kind of implement something like this exactly? Or because I know it's new. It's a new ruling, right? It's a new ruling, and you know, I don't think it's actually taken place yet. So we are kind of the first. From what I've seen, we're the first school that to do this. Cool. Um, and and I think, like Dustin said, we're we're trying to get ahead of it. If you read like read the article about it. They've been working on it since like 2018. Yeah. <laughs> so they put a lot of time and effort into this. And so I just think it's neat. It's definitely a going to be a recruiting advantage here for a little bit but before everybody else catches up to us. But, you know, it's innovative. It's forward thinking and it benefits the athletes. And they are the ones that <laughs> – that put their blood, sweat, and tears out there on the line for us. So I think it's cool. Yeah, 100% agree with that. I think uh, I, I do really feel like student athletes, and especially 
because they don't most of them you know what, what is it like maybe five percent that goes actually pro maybe no not even that many right like like, like it, it's it's an it, it's 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 a it's disappointingly low percentage that goes low and so like for for them to be compensated like this uh, is well, this is minimal because it's just literally teaching them to to use their name and create a social media account and not basically get screwed over. But it's 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 the right step. It's the right step, and it needed to happen a long time ago. Um, so that is uh, the Texas Tech Beyond Verified that uh, we're we're discussing. Uh, next topic is just kind of a brief catch up with Texas Tech basketball Chandler Jacobs who was uh, originally with a uh, Dallas Baptist right who was a yeah. Texas Tech commit for this upcoming season has decommitted and uh, I believe I asked one of you guys earlier but it was to Colorado so Boulder Colorado State, State. Colorado State. okay Ugh. um well um do I, I don't want to wish him the best of luck I don't you know part of me though like it <laughs> is is like with how many good people we've been bringing in, I'm not I'm not too surprised either, because we've brought in a lot of talent. We've brought in a, like I'm actually really looking forward to this roster that we have going, and so like I'm not too too surprised to start seeing at least one person drop out because he might end up sitting the bench too much. Yeah, that's basically what it was. I think he was starting to get unhappy with all the other kind of combo guards we were bringing in, and mm-hmm. that was going to cut into his playing time. Oh yeah, minutes, stats, all that good stuff, and he just, I guess, didn't want to be here anymore. And his loss. I think Mark Adams sees that as a no-win situation. Yeah. And at this point, it's not a huge loss because you've built the roster up <clears throat> enough and have filled those holes, especially at guard at that position. So this isn't a huge like loss to your program. Uh, of course, you'd rather have him here and want to be here than not. So. I think it's a mutual like, hey, you don't want to be here. It's going to be a bad time if you are. Yeah. Locker room cancer type situation. So let him go. And if he wants to go to a very subpar type program rather than a Big 12 type program. He maybe just wants to be the the big fish in a small pond. Yeah. What it tells me is that he's more about making his numbers look good than about winning. And if that's his mentality, then get all the way out of here and go play basketball at Colorado state. Like, I mean, I think me and Dustin were kind of talking about it over the weekend when it, when the news kind of broke and we were like, why do you think? And, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's kind of selfish, yep. but you know, at the same time earlier when this happened, if we knew we were going to lose him, I think we would have both kind of panicked a little bit, but since we've seen all the recruits come in and seen this roster take shape, it's not really like a panic button that you would hit anymore. It's like, all right, I think we've got some talent uh, at the guard position. We got a lot of six, six guys, like we mentioned, got a lot of guys who can put the ball in the basket. So I don't think you're really losing much. And yeah, if his mentality is I need my playing time, then, you know, go find it. The, meaning meaningless rams you know so whatever get out of here yeah that's basically it uh he's he's not here for the team and he's he's just looking out for himself and i i that's his right too uh i mean good let 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 him him go be the big fish in the small pond and throw up maybe 20 25 points a game and maybe he'll it'll be better for him i don't know but uh he's no longer under our roof and so 
I no longer care. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that kind of wraps up the uh, the Club Red segment for today. Normally at this point in the episode is where we would kick it over to Dustin for the NFL, but this week has all been speculation and minor stories, literally nothing big to come out of the NFL, nothing that's newsworthy. Uh, so here we're going to go ahead and kick this over to Brooks here in a second, and uh, we're going to be talking about the NBA playoffs, the Eastern Conference uh, kind of starting to wrap up. Western Conference doing the same thing. A couple of those games going on right now. This is uh, Tailgate Talks NBA Talk. All right, Brooks. So take the helm. How are we doing so far? Yes. So we are wrapping up first round. In the NBA playoffs, by this time next week, we'll be completely into the second round of the NBA playoffs. Um, most of our Eastern Conference rounds are kind of taking shape here. We've had two of them decided, so we'll start off with those. We have the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, who swept the Miami Heat. Bro. The Miami Heat leave the NBA playoffs as the only team in this year's playoffs to not win a single game. The former Eastern Conference champions came into the season with high hopes and, you know, fell pretty far from those expectations that I think they had built. Jimmy Butler said, just get me to the playoffs. And they did. And Jimmy Butler did not do anything in the playoffs. Nope. The Milwaukee Bucks, however, have seemingly gone up a level, dis- dispatching of the Heat in four quick, easy games. And so that leaves us kind of wondering what goes on with the Heat this offseason and where do they go from here? Dustin, you pick the Heat in your in your wind pool teams. What are they got to do to make you pick them again next year? <laughs> They kind of blow it up because obviously they showed who they were. I think it was a thing of the Heat were not as good as they thought and the Bucks were way better than everybody else thought. And so that makes me seem like the Heat are far away from any kind of championship team. So I would look – with that kind of organization and how they've been in the past, I would look for them to get aggressive this offseason. But obviously this kind of team is not it. Dustin says, blow it up. Blow it up, Pat Riley. Arley, where you lie with the heat uh, after I, this season? So, if you're going to have success in any major sport, you need to be constantly trying to improve. And the Mil- Milwaukee Bucks did that over the offseason. They did that over this season. And the Miami Heat threw out the same thing, thinking that they were going to get the same results. And they didn't. They, they, they have a way too young of a roster with too many distractions on the team. And this 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 was kind of predictable, in my opinion. Um, I thought I was hoping because the Miami Heat had such a good outing last season that this would be a better kind of kind of a little little bit more drawn out series, not a full sweep. But the Bucks got better in the offseason and the Heat didn't. And this is the end result. Yeah, I think. I think where the Heat were a little misguided is I think they thought Tyler Hero was a projected star in the league. And while he was still going to be a couple years away from hitting that, I think they saw what he did last year and thought he would probably get better. And he didn't. 
Bam Adebayo, what we saw from him last year, they assumed he was going to get better, and he didn't. Jimmy Butler was hurt and didn't perform to the way he did last year. So maybe this is kind of a bubble anomaly team. Maybe that environment really did help them, and maybe this is who they really are. Um, I know for a fact that they had a chance at James Harden, and I wonder how much they regret not throwing Tyler Hero at him that because they thought Tyler Hero was untouchable or Duncan Robinson was untouchable. Um, these guys that they kind of put at this level who clearly you would hand them over to the Rockets now for James Harden like that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, just kind of the opportunity was there and, you know, you, you missed out on it. And it got us to our next team that advanced last night after the gentleman sweep of the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum did have a 50-point game that kept the Nets from completely dismantling the Celtics. But in the end, all be all, the Celtics are out. The Nets prevail. Took them one extra game, but we saw the big three perform for the longest stretch that we've seen them play for this season. Dustin, you call them your Nets. What are your thoughts after the first round with them? They're looking like the best team in the league right now. Everybody else is getting hurt. Everybody's stars are getting hurt. And my Nets are getting healthy and starting to roll. So I would look for them to try to keep it up. Now they're going to get some rest, almost a week off, and go into the second round strong. So they're looking good. I want to talk about the team that lost this. uh, So come back on that. Yeah, so before we go into – getting into the second round and stuff like that. We just talked about the heats fallout. Well, the Celtics fallout didn't last a day. (laughs) Didn't last 24 hours after their loss. News broke this morning. If you're unaware, Danny Ainge, their president of basketball operations, been there since 2004, orchestrated some great trades, some great draft picks over the years. He decides to step down. And on top of that, Brad Stevens decides to step down as head coach and take over Danny Ainge's position. So the Celtics are without their president of basketball operations who found them, Jason Tatum, who found them, Jalen Brown. Um, And now they're without their head coach for the last seven years. Dustin, I guess you're kind of excited about all this stuff. What what do you think the Celtics are trying to do here? Were you shocked by this? Where's your head at on it? I was not shocked by the Danny Ainge news from what I heard today. People that were close situation kind of felt like he was going to get out at some point recently. And so that's not a surprise apparently. Um, But he has been there very long. So it's kind of weird to see somebody just kind of dip out like that. Um, What's weird to see is the head coach leaving his position to go take the front office job. I think that kind of says a lot about Brad Stevens maybe had lost the locker room or in touch with a couple of those stars on that team. And that's also why they kind of fluttered most of the year and had a very disappointing year, did not improve on the last couple of years. Um, So, and maybe he just sees it as, Hey, before I get fired, like next year, why don't I take this front office? He wasn't going to get fired. He wasn't going to get fired. He wasn't going to get fired. The only changes were going to be Ainge. Arlie, were you caught up to date on this? What did you, yeah. you think about the the 
moves that the Celtics um, made after a pretty disappointing season. I I think he's still I think he's still an, an, an excellent spot like uh, eye for talent. So him moving to over to player operations is not a not a bad move in in my opinion for him. And I I I don't see him ever getting fired though as being head coach. So like I don't know why he did it to be honest. Because like um, he was solidified in there, I don't think that he was ever going to be really fired unless he had like four or five more bad seasons. To be honest, he wasn't going to get fired. I think what I've heard today is burnout. That these last three seasons Maybe. have just been a lot to deal with. You have the Kyrie Irving seasons um, that were really difficult to handle. Then you have last year's COVID season, which uh, you know anybody involved has said is pretty been pretty taxing on them and of course the Celtics were one of the last four teams remaining so they were in the bubble for a long time and you turn around and you have to start this season right quick and of course this season's been a season from hell for him for them so yeah I think what I've heard is burnout and I think it makes sense but it's not an easy position he's going to and it's not going to take any of the pressure off of him because now he's got to figure out how to turn a roster that has two young superstars on it into a team that's not bounced in the first round of the playoffs. And I feel like a lot of those, uh, those front office positions are, are almost, if you're, if you're a good head coach, then if you're kind of comparing the two, the front office position has more of a rotating door risk than, than the head coach would. Yeah, it can because figure out what head coach he wants to fill that position. I would look for them to be very patient with that move. Oh, yeah. Find the right right fit. Move I heard, I was listening to Bill Simmons and Ryan Rossillo and them talk about it because obviously Bill Simmons is a huge Celtics fan, so they had an emergency pod today, and the name that they were kind of tossing around was Chauncey Billups. Yeah. I would would freaking love that for them. That would be a great hire. That would be Um, a phenomenal hire. I would love to see that. It's interesting. It's an interesting move for Stevens, you know, He's never, I guess you can take your college kind of recruiting experience to this when you're, you know, when you're looking at talent and trying to figure out who's your picks are going to be in the draft. Yeah. But, you know, he's got his work cut out for him. Boston is not an easy place to be. Uh, uh, fans get pretty unruly there. They yeah. do love him. The, oh my front, God. the front office loves him. So he'll have some room to work, but you've got. Time, you know, windows close quick, and you've got two really, really good, really, really young players right now, and it's time to capitalize on that. And they've got some bad contracts on that team that they got to get rid of, Kimba. Um, so <laughs> subtle, very yeah. subtle. Uh, yeah. So. so, so, so random, random out there. Uh, um, do y'all think the punishment was hard enough on the fan that threw the water bottle at Kyrie? Well, so I was going to talk about that after we kind of get through the playoffs because there's a lot of play lot incidents, of and so yeah, I kind of yeah. wanted to okay, I round that all about in one little one little bit after oh, we kind of get through all the other yeah, stuff yeah, that's we, happened. We can touch back on it. Um, as far as for me, as far as the Nets go, though, I will say I I'm not surprised that they're winning like this. I just still don't like how 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 few games they played throughout the season. Uh, and I, I still don't well, think that they're deserving of this at all. Well, let's get into it. The The Knicks and Hawks and the Wizards and Sixers are currently playing, and I really feel like those are pretty uninteresting series the way they played out so far. So let's just get right into the second round here matchup that I think everybody is super excited for, 
and that's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. I think it's an awesome series. Mm-hmm. I've got some stuff for you guys. All so right. these teams have combined for 238.7 points per game during the regular season. That's tied for the most between two teams in the past 50 years to, uh, who have played in a playoff matchup together. So these offenses uh, have been killing it this season. Giannis this year, when he's playing the Nets, he is averaging 39.7 points, 10.7 rebounds, five assists a game against the Nets. That's some pretty good numbers, if you ask me. That's a lot. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And the Nets trio so far this postseason has averaged 85.2 points per game, which is the most by any playoff uh, by any trio in a playoff series. So we've got two pretty gifted offenses here. We've got a dominant player in Giannis who can have his way with this Nets team. And we have a Nets trio who can have their way with just about any team. I feel like this is a super toss-up game seven series, just haymakers left and right. Dustin, where are your thoughts at on this series? Your Nets against my Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I think it'll come down to if the Nets want to play enough defense in this series. We know the Bucks can play some defense. Um, they've shown that over the last couple of years. And they've retooled the team to be better around Giannis. So this is what they want. They're going to get probably the best team from out of the East right now. So, yeah, I think it'll be game seven. And who knows? I don't know. We'll see who can stay healthy throughout this series. Yeah, I think that's a key thing. Arlie, where's your head at? Bucks, Giannis, the trio of the Nets. Where are you? Where are you thinking this series goes? Series goes. I mean, we're 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 gonna basically see see night after night one forty one forty plus to one thirty plus games. <laughs> it's gonna be literally be like fun. it's gonna be just nonstop scoring. So it's literally just who misses less. Uh, is gonna is gonna win this game. It's not gonna be who makes the most blocks, who makes the better stops. Like I, 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 I'd give a, a a slight defensive edge to Milwaukee in this, but I I don't think that they if if the big three from Brooklyn is gonna be on fire, I don't think that Milwaukee can stop it. So this is gonna go. I, I think it's gonna go game seven, and I wouldn't be surprised if that game seven is one hundred and forty to one hundred and thirty five, something silly like that. Yeah. Um, I think I think the trio stops here. I think the Bucks take this series. I think if there's any team that's gonna beat the Nets this year, I the Bucks are my pick for it because of Giannis and the that you know the Nets have really nobody who can guard him or stop him. And you look at that Celtics series, like Tristan Thompson was getting boards left and right. Like, come on, Tristan Thompson's washed. He's trash now. So Giannis Giannis is going to have a field day with them. Brooke Lopez is going to be a problem for them. And then Drew Holiday is going to be the X factor for me in this because I think his defense, He if he's able to slow James Harden or Kyrie Irving down, like depending on the game, that's going to be really beneficial. And then you've got other really good defenders like Giannis, P.J. Tucker, other guys out there that you can just keep throwing bodies at KD and Harden and Kyrie. And a lot of these guys can switch. Their length is going to be a problem. 
And if this is a series that they're going to lose, I think this is going to be it. Yeah, big time. So it's going to be an exciting series. I, I really hope this one gives us seven games. The East has been kind of boring so far. We haven't really had anything good series-wise. We thought the Knicks and Hawks was going to be a good series, but the Hawks have kind of taken care of the Knicks uh, relatively quickly. And so that kind of leaves us <laughs> kind of boring. The <laughs> Sixers I lose mean, Joel Embiid, and that kind of makes their run interesting. I think that only makes it interesting in the second round, though, for them. Who are they playing next round? That would be Win- if winner, everything so probably, holds true, probably they would play the Hawks. Probably Hawks. I still think that they'd be okay there. I think that they make it to the championship even without Joel Embiid or if if he's like at at, at half health. I still think they're a lot better roster than the, than the Hawks. They're gonna win this game against the Wizards. Like I don't I don't doubt that at all. They're up by six in the third. Uh but I think that that's gonna be okay series that's definitely not the that's definitely not the steak of the meal it's definitely this nets and brooks game, or this yeah. nets, next nets bucks blah 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 yeah the hawks will be interesting i think they definitely surprised me i didn't realize like they they have some good players and i thought the knicks would be more of a challenge i thought the knicks would actually win the series and you know the hawks have just kind of had their way with them the only reason the knicks have won a game i think is because they had a home court game that was going wild. And they well, had it's a- like I said oh. to start, like this is what Tom Thibodeau teams do. They play yeah. super hard all year and they don't have, they don't have anywhere else to go. They don't have anywhere else up to go. Like, and now all of a sudden yeah. Julius Randle doesn't know how to deal with a double team and can't make shots. And like, they can't crank it up to another volume and level. Like this is what, yeah, their offense is trash. Their offense is trash. It is. And so, yeah, I, I really think, you know, even if they win tonight, I don't really think they have a shot. I think it's shaping up to be Sixers-Hawks, which, I mean, we can talk about it more once that series probably gets started because we got to shift our focus to the Western Conference, and we're going to lead it off with Dame time because last night was an all-time performance mm-hmm. by Dame Lillard. They lost the game because his teammates decided that they weren't going to show up for him in the second half or and overtime. And it was very frustrating for Dame. I can only imagine how frustrating that must have been. Let's just talk about Dame's night last night. So if you weren't aware, Dame Lillard went nuclear. He hit a game-saving shot at the end of regulation, hit three incredible threes, in overtime to send him to a second overtime. And then the rest of his teammates decided that they were going to miss every single shot. Some stats from last night on Dame Lillard. He is the first player in NBA history with 50 points, 10 assists, and 10 three-pointers in a game in the regular season or playoffs. So he's the first to ever do that. He also only had one turnover in his 51 minutes of play. That's another just incredible thing because the ball's in his hands the whole time. He had a playoff record, 12 threes. And in overtime and double overtime, he had 17 points on six of eight shooting, while the rest of the Blazers combined for two points on one of 19 shooting. So that really was the nail in the coffin for them down the stretch. It was an incredible performance, though. Dame had Twitter going wild. He had KD tweeting out God mode. He had everybody. He's probably the 
you know, they lose this game, but he's the hero of the game, even though they don't win. There's the epic moment where he finally misses a shot in a double overtime and they get a glimpse of Austin Rivers and he's like, thanking God that, <laughs> that Dame Willard missed. And I was like, that's the most accurate, honest thing I think I've ever seen somebody do on a basketball court. Um, Dustin, you went to bed earlier. Hey, I got a lot night. of things going on. I had to get up at 6 o'clock this morning. All right? Are you regretting that decision? <laughs> no, because it went to double overtime. I would have went to bed forever. Then I would have been hyped up about it. But what a performance. I've heard people talk, talking today calling it like, one of the best basketball single performances ever, like ridiculous. And the fact that his teammates didn't show up for him to help him out, very disappointing. You could kind of see it in his face in the post game. Like he basically wanted to say, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't blame him. I mean, you look, help me out a little bit. <laughs> you look down the stretch. He has a really nice, you know, Dame drops off a really easy pass to Covington who has a clear path to the basket. And all he has to do is lay it up. He tries to drop the hammer instead and botches yeah. the dunk. And then later on, Dame gets a steal, comes down and kicks it to McCollum who steps out of bounds. And, and so it's just like, uh, like open threes. He was hitting like no. stupid step backs. Every one of them was a ridiculous step back. Ridiculous. I kept, Every time. I was like FaceTiming my girlfriend and I kept making like these wild reactions with shots. And I was like, it can't get harder than that shot. That whole game and was then, wild though. And then bank shot from like the logo. And you're like, holy shit, what is happening? It was like it was one of the most absurd performances I've seen. Arlie, did you did you get to watch it? Did you catch the highlights? What did, what did you take uh, in? I, I watched it all the way until uh, probably about – like uh, I, I had some other stuff that I had to take care of last night. So I saw that the Nuggets were up by about three. And so then I was like, oh, okay, so that's probably how this is going to ride out. But I'm an idiot and forgot that Damian Lillard was on the opposite end of the field – or on the opposite end of the court, sorry. And uh, – so I should have stuck around and watched that one. I, I caught the highlights afterwards after I found out that he had dropped 55. But, uh, I mean, great game. I, I, I've i I've still – got to put a little bit of blame on Dame. He, he, he had the opportunity to leave Portland, I think, right? And, and he, like oh, – uh, what, what blame on Dame? Hold on. He, had to, he, he chose to stay in that and be the big fish there, did he not? Yeah, because they could pay him. They pay him more money, and he didn't want to go ring chase or anything like that. He wanted to be loyal to his city, and he played there. I don't think that's any fault to him. I think it's more of an organizational's fault that they can't put together a team that competes with them or can compete with them. Like little, it's literally one it's, of the worst defensive teams it's a, in it's NBA a, history. It's a small and they market make team. trades. Yeah. So but, like, um, if if we're looking at the at the so you're gonna it, fault him for not doing like the thing that we criticize all these other athletes for is now you're saying that Dame Lillard. I should. didn't say that. I just said that. I just said that it, it, it sucks that he's in this situation. But um, then why are you? It's, you said it, it's his fault though. To I mean, to some degree, you do. You you have your choices that you make. He chose to stay there, and and it, he doesn't have teammates to back him up. He had a phenomenal performance, and he's doing everything that he can to make this a series and do well with it. But I, I, I mean, you, you, you choose to play in the small market, don't you? I don't know. But anyways, uh, uh, you choose to play in the small market like Giannis did, and then your team goes and trades for Drew Holiday, and 
you know, makes oh yeah, no, you know, it, goes the, and pays PJ Tucker and all this stuff. And front office the, isn't without. We're talking about there. the Bucks, but um, uh, that's not really. I don't think that's Dame's fault. Um, you know, he did everything he could last night. Nobody's oh, yeah. going to blame that on Dame Lillard. But if if, uh, if we're talking about the outcome Arlie. of this, <laughs> if we're talking about the outcome of this, I. Denver Nuggets are, are are obviously a little bit more well rounded. They have a little bit of have a they're a small more market team too, though. Yeah, they're a homegrown okay. team too. They're the okay. they are exactly like they Whatever. are. They're a homegrown team. Drafted Jokic, drafted Michael Porter Jr., drafted Jamal Murray. Everybody on their team's drafted. They have the same exact style as the Blazers are. They are. They're similar. They're a small market team. They're not getting free agents to go there. The last free agent they got there was like Paul Millsap. Um, so they they have to build the same way. Well, their better. organization is built a little bit better, but better front off. Either way, right now they're 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 a little bit more well rounded. Uh, it sucks that Damon ended up losing this. He is a phenomenal player. Um, but I, I'm I'm not too too surprised about the outcome on this. I was a little surprised that Mike Malone didn't foul, didn't have the Nuggets foul Dame Lillard up by three with ten seconds left. You know, let the one of the greatest clutch time shooters we've seen in the last, I don't know, all time. Because he'll get a shot off still. Yeah. I, I don't know. Refs are pretty picky on that. Like, I know. But they, they call everything on the floor when you're trying to get a shot off, but it's always continuation when you're driving to the basket. You could be like half court, get fouled, take 10 steps and get a layup, and they'll be like, and one. But if you catch the ball and take a dribble and come up into your motion, it's on the floor. Yeah. Um, still, how do you not foul that? At least try to. It, it, it was so dumb to me that they just let him take a three. Um, but yeah, incredible game. Dave gave it his all. Um, you know, you just wish that some of his teammates could have made at least one more bucket <laughs> for him there. What did they um, do? Let's look. Got it right here. Yeah, he didn't have anybody break over 20. Yeah, I, I already player. said that they, they only had one of 19 shooting and two points in the yeah. overtimes. Um, but that game was going. It took center stage while another game was going last night. That game fell to the wayside pretty early into the first quarter. Uh, the Lakers decided that they are going to pack it up for game five and put all their money on game six back in Los Angeles. I didn't watch really much of that game. I watched Any the other? first quarter. Saw was over. Switched over to watch Dame's incredible performance. Um, for me, as the resident LeBron fan, uh, this wasn't super shocking to me. I think when AD came out uh, that he wasn't going to play, I was already kind of chalking this up as a loss. Yep. LeBron isn't the guy that he was a couple years ago where he could just take these washed dudes on his team to just a, a win over a very, very good Suns team. Like, the Suns team is really dang good. They were hitting shots, and LeBron's passing it to a wide-open Alex Caruso who clanks it off the rim and passing it out to Marcus Markeith Morris who clanks it off the rim and Kyle Kuzma who hasn't made a three, I think, this whole series. So I think he decided, oh, my team sucks tonight. I think I'm just going to get ready and hope AD's back for game six. That's our only shot. Um, Will he be back? Because if he's not back... They don't have AD. They're not winning this. And that'll be LeBron's first ever first round exit of the playoffs. 
And yeah, so that was actually the first time he's ever lost two games in a row in the first mm-hmm. round. Yes. And I mean, they also Ugh. they need AD to come back strong too, though, because that that was the main deal when that first in that game one loss was AD was just kind of yeah. looking flat footed, and so it wasn't until game two when he decided, oh yeah, I got to try in this first round. And <laughs> yeah, when he asserted himself, that series looked over completely. You know, the Lakers won games two and three pretty handily. They were winning pretty handily in game four. AD goes down, and then all of a sudden, this whole series. Just flips. flips just like that. And mm-hmm. now, you know, Lakers on the brink of elimination. Yeah. Of course, LeBron's always been really good in elimination games. He averages the most points in elimination games with 33.7 per game when facing elimination. I got to say, I think it's a wrap for the Lakers this year. I think they m- maybe pull off game six, but I do not see them winning game seven in Phoenix if Anthony Davis isn't close to what he was supposed to be. Sorry, that was old. I don't know why that started playing there. My bad, man. Ouch. Yeah, that was loud. Uh, no, so uh, you were saying you you, know, you see game six, but not game seven? Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I just... I don't see them winning the series all of a sudden. I, I just... The Suns have looked really good. Chris Paul... Yeah. Been playing well. Devin Booker's been lights out. They have dudes who actually can make open threes. Um, DeAndre Ayton is, has made Andre Drummond his little bitch. Um, I hate Andre Drummond and I would actually be okay with never having to watch him play basketball again. So, uh, it's just, it's just really, (laughs) those are strong feelings. Uh, he's (laughs) terrible. And the freaking Lakers keep running him out there. Like he's going to make a difference. Meanwhile, DeAndre Ayton's just dunking all over him. Yeah. Like, I'm going to put up numbers just because he's big and will find himself with a rebound and a put back here and there, but dude's trash. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's their backup in the paint. Realistically, the, 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 the guy controlling, uh, around the rim should be AD, but, um, I don't know. I, I mean, do you think he, do you think LeBron might still have any sort of that juice whenever, uh, what was it? Whenever that first year that the Warriors won the their their championship, where LeBron was literally just every single night scoring heavy, Dude, I don't think he has that in him. Right? Not that much. Not that much volume. Because that he was that. Left, we've that seen him do it, but can he do it here? No, because I, at least then, no, because none of these dudes right now are playing good. Like Kyle Kuzma is not playing good. KCP's not playing good. Yeah. And Schroeder was terrible last night. Like he needs somebody to step up and kind of support him and be able to make shots when he kicks the ball to you. And right now everybody's missing it. Um, and you know, he's having to work extra hard because of his ankle and because he's not a hundred percent himself. And so it's just too much for him. He needs Anthony Davis there to take some of that pressure off of him. And you know, when the AD's not there, you, who's going to step up? And right now you're asking Markeith Morris to, like, fill in his spot or you're asking Kyle Kuzma to do it. Like, that's a significant drop-off. And none of these roster additions that they made are any good. Like, no, I, I think, you know, uh, Montrezl Harrell can't even play. And Schroeder is – I just uh, – he has a night that's really good, and you're like, oh, maybe he's turning. And then 
he goes and has last night for you. So yeah. I don't know. It's just too much. And they're getting destroyed by campaign of all freaking people campaign. <laughs> like, man, this, it just, right. I don't see it. I, I still think he could put up a hero LeBron performance and then them lose just because I think the Suns are actually a really dang good basketball team. I mean that too, though, they are a phenomenal basketball team all around. I don't. Yeah. They just like, like, you, you know what it feels like? It's like they're trying to, trying to create the iPhone killer, like around the league. Like everybody just wants to beat LeBron. And so like, yeah, um, I'm not too surprised that, well, I don't want to say I'm not too surprised because I did have the Lakers winning this one, obviously, but with AD out, I, their, their, their chances diminish. And with LeBron with a hurt ankle, their chances diminish more. And without him having yeah. any support, they, they diminish even more. So it's like, it, it's not looking in his favor. Uh, I don't know. No, it, yeah, if you'd have told me going in that AD was going to get hurt, which I should have known. I mean, the dude yeah. can't get hurt without running down up and down the court. Like, he's always got something. And so I think I got really confident after game three, after they dominated game three, I was like, oh yeah, this is over. This series is a wrap, but uh, AD gets hurt again and, you know, everything shifted. And now we're looking at an early playoff exit for LeBron, which hasn't happened in a very, very long time. But another series that flipped the script on us as of last time that we talked, we were, Basically sending the Clippers on their way. We were so excited for it. And since then, it feels the complete opposite now. It feels like we're sending the Mavs on their way home. And the Clippers have seized control of the series. They have outscored the Mavericks 211 to 159 since the Mavs held a 30 to 11 lead in game three. And I'm texting. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Vince Carter meme. I'm like, this series is over. The Clippers turned it up a notch And another stat that has a lot to do with it. The Mavs offensive rating in games one and two was 128.3 in games three and four, 105. That's a significant drop. So they were having an incredible offensive performance in game one and two, and then they've been under average in games three and four. That'll even up a series really quick. And what really did it is the Clippers went small. They decided that, that they were not going to play uh, Zubac that much, and then they went with a smaller lineup, and that really did help their offense out, gave Kawhi more room to work with. He's been amazing in this series, and – the NBA regular season's best three-point shooting team has come alive from beyond the arc. That's what's propelled the Clippers. Um, Dustin, you look you look disappointed over there. Are you are you alarmed? Do you think the Mavs have a chance to keep this a series, or do you think it's a wrap now? All of a sudden, where where are you sitting? No, I think I was more alarmed at games one and two and the first part of game three and how well they were playing and looking. And I think we've come back down to earth and we have the two teams we thought we would get. So I don't think it's that big of a shock. Now it is a shock that they blew game three, especially that first quarter, like they did. Um, and this just shows that they're, they have nobody but Luca. Yep. And it's horrible. And he's we're hurt. Trash. 
now Luca has like a gimpy neck arm situation, whatever that is. Like he's not going to be full strength. And so that's going to take just a huge hit out of the Mavericks. Cause I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a good scoring option when you have Luke on the floor, but without him, he has trouble getting open and getting good shots. So it's like, and after that, there's nobody. Przingis is garbage out there and they're undersized. They're still getting out rebounded. There's just, there's not much of a hope out there unless Luke is going off and handling things. Yeah. As soon as he goes off the floor, it's like, well, here comes a run by yep. the other team. We can't manage it. I think that's how it started too. Like the turnaround was whenever they took Luke off the floor while he was hot, and they sat him for what was it four minutes total? Three, three minutes. But I mean, that's been the game plan. I, yeah, so but six. as soon as they sat him, uh, Clippers came three. storming back, and that's that was. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Arlie, as a kind of a resident Clipper hater over here, and also adopted Mavs fan for the series, just because you hate the Clippers. Where do you lie on this outcome? Um, I know you were pretty happy last episode, and then now this. So, are you doing one eighty? Are you no? I still believe. I still want Dallas to pull this off, but I don't think they can. Uh, the, the end of it is, and we said this kind of, uh, and I mean, we said this last week, I said it last week is that it, it was, it was, uh, disappointing how bad these Clippers looked. Uh, they have the star power. They have the defense that's supposed to be the difference maker in these series. And as you've pointed out, they have some of the best three point shooting in the league. And yet they were getting, they they were getting taken to school by the Dallas Mavericks and really one player from the Dallas Mavericks. And so I would love to see Dallas knock them out of this and to, to be done with them and to have their, their methodologies uh, proven to, to be, I guess, uh, unrewarding. But uh, that's not going to be the case here. I think the Clippers found their rhythm, and I think that they're going to take the series in the next two games straight. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's starting to look like my Luca take is not going to oh, prevail. Yeah, right. um, as soon as I said it, he gets yeah. hurt, and then the opposite has happened. So maybe we have like a little bit of a curse here. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Tailgate curse. Um, but I did text y'all that this series is a wrap, and I think right after that, <laughs> the whole, whole series changed. So but, it was your fault. Yeah, I mean, I'll take the blame for it. Uh, if so, I think I, t- I texted Dustin last night that the Nuggets game was a wrap when the Nuggets were up like by 20 something. And then, of course, the Blazers came back. So maybe I just should quit texting that it's a wrap. Uh, so <sighs> should have texted it last night about the Lakers, but I did not. Yeah, I wouldn't um, the only other season or series that is still going on is the Jazz and the Grizzlies. Um, it's been, enter- it's had some entertaining games, but it's gone about as I think everybody expected after the Grizzlies took game one, the jazz have handled their business and they are a game away from knocking the grizzle out of the playoffs. They are looking to play the Clippers Mavs winner in the next round, which will be a pretty entertaining series. We'll talk about that more next week. But one thing I wanted to get to before we wrap up our, NBA playoff talk and Arlie kind of got to it a little bit earlier is just what the fuck is going on with fans this year. Bro. All of a sudden 
you're letting them back in the stadium and all these people are going crazy, throwing popcorn, throwing water bottles, spitting on people, pouring beer on people. Us here in Texas, we've been at games for a while now. <laughs> I've yeah. been like we've been going to the sports this whole time. So I think we're well acquainted with how it has, you know, what we're supposed to do, the etiquette of it. Are these people really just that dumb or are they like, yeah. is it just they've been locked up? What do y'all think it is? Do you think they're I, I just it's been embarrassing, I think, for fans in general that we're having so many of these instances happen if, um, if, if every game, every like, game. Think about like the repercussions of this really is fan the like like that that like for example the boston fan needs to get his ass whooped on top of the fines like somebody needs yeah. to lay that dude fucking out because like here's the repercussions is the nba at some point eventually is going to have to re- re- react to this right they're going to have to do something and so what's going to happen is that they're going to create a barrier or some kind of distance in between the players and the fans and yeah it's one in like 10,000 fans that does something like that <laughs> But it doesn't matter. And so, like... Yeah, it's always just one. Yeah. And so, like, what's going to end up happening is you're going to end up basically with basketball games of people having to sit... What? How how far is the NFL sideline to the the fans most of the time? About 30 yards, Dustin? No, it's probably 15 to 20, depending on what stadium you're in. It's a lot closer than you think, but there's a decent... It's a good distance, though. And so, like, the NBA is going to have to react. NBA is way, way, way closer. Probably, I've always said it's too close. I need to back it up a few rows. But. Yep. Yeah. But, like, I always thought it's the weirdest thing ever that you can be watching an NBA game and there's the bench and right next to the bench are fans sitting right that. there. Yeah. Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. There, there, there needs to be a clear separation in between the two, and I think that's where it starts because these fans – if they're getting that familiar, if they're getting that comfortable with players and they don't yeah. know them because they don't know them. The fans do not know them. You don't actually know Kyrie. I'm sorry, random Boston yeah. dickhead, but like you don't you don't get to throw that water bottle. You don't. And I'm, and now we know because the NBA has banned these fans for life. So they know that that is the punishment, right, is that you're going to be banned and they still fucking do it. Yeah, like, they don't care. That's not enough. No. You need to you uh, unfortunately you need to it, it it's the rest of the fan base that's going to get punished out of this. And I mean un- rightfully so because the masses even though it's only one dickhead in the crowd have to pay the penalty for it. Yeah, but it, one dickhead represents a whole yeah, a whole fan base, you know, and and you threw it at the one player that you couldn't there. Kyrie and we get the pass. We understand it's a rocky road, but you can't. You just can't do that. You can't do that, especially when he came into there saying, "I hope they behave themselves." And then you follow it up with throwing a water bottle at him. I mean, oh. it's just embarrassing, man. And then he had a fan run onto the court the other night in oh, a game. I it's like, what the? F- I just, what the fuck he are we doing, man? Tried to touch the backboard, and then he got tackled by security. Although, yeah. Uh, hold on, hold on. All right, all right. Real uh, quick, like, real quick. Let let. How, where do we rate the tackle one to ten? Tackle was great. The touch I of the back, yeah. very terrible. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. But but the security guard that did the tackle, I I, yeah. I, I give him a nine point five out of ten. Uh, it was a solid yeah. tackle. He got him on the first try, straight to the ground. Dwight Howard was just like, "The fuck you doing, bro?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, these fans are crazy, man. They need to 
yeah there's i don't really know what the fix is on it other than like separating them further from the court or i i don't really know but i mean i agree with all the players sentiments on it is like they're kind of treating them like zoo animals and you know these are humans yeah at the end of the day and you know it it's just it's a shame i really think that that you know you let fans back in the stadium and this is how they act i I really wish that they could behave themselves a lot better. I've been enjoying watching the games and hearing the crowd, and it just sucks to have that, you know, at the end of the game. Just come on, go yeah. enjoy. I'm as crazy a fan as there is out there, believe me, but I'll never throw popcorn at a player or something like that. I always still respect the players. Um, you know, I might cuss at them from afar or, or, I might or cuss at a certain head coaches that might be coming back. but Certain black you know, and white colored people. Yeah. Black, black, yeah, and black but, and white jersey wearing people. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, uh, it's just, it's all about having fun. We get it, but at the end of the day, there's a line, and you know, when you get a player involved, like maybe Ron Artest wasn't necessarily wrong in what he did so many years ago. Oh my God, the, uh, the rumble went. You know, you hear a lot of players just saying like, "Hey, give us a chance, man, and <laughs> see what happens." Like. I heard somebody I, I, I on the think, podcast talking. You throw Russell Westbrook with that fan that pour, poured popcorn on him. Guarantee that guy's never pouring popcorn on anybody again. <laughs> oh man, I, I I think people people have it in their head that these are not superior athletes, and I for one do not want Kyrie to punch me in the face by any means because you know mm-hmm. that if he did rear back and try and jack, like jack you once yeah. in the jaw. You're you're either going to sleep right there, or you're going to get. Because Kyrie's a smaller NBA player, and he's still bigger than freaking Bro, most of us. <laughs> what, how tall is Kyrie? What six four, six three? I think he's like six one or six two, but I mean, that's I mean, still Steph, like, Steph is six three, isn't he? Yeah, something like that. They're about maybe the same he size. is six three. I, I don't know his exact size, but that, I mean, he's considered a smaller person in the NBA, and that dude's still going to tower over mo- almost like, all these dudes. <laughs> yeah, like, up here to me, like, hey, my bad, dude. <laughs> like I'll talk trash. I, I, I'm all for talking trash. I'm all for fanhood. Yeah, I'm all for that. Absolutely, a hundred percent behind it. It's conducting yourself in an adult-like manner and in a respectful manner. I don't care who that is. It's another human being, but they're trying to put on a show for you. This is entertainment, and you taking this personally makes you the dickhead. Like, yeah. I, I honestly, I, if I could, yeah, I, I really hope that that guy gets his ass whooped because I. Again, what what might happen as a result of this? Uh, it's it's frustrating, yeah, dude. Yeah, there's still it's still a long ways before anything actually changes because of it. But yeah, so just wanted to bring that up. Crazy fans out there, behave yourselves, people. If you're at a sporting event, be a normal freaking person, man. Yeah. Drink some beers, have some fun, yell, holler, cuss if you want to, boo the refs, especially the refs. Um, but let's leave the throwing of things and spitting of things and all of that out of it. Let's just have a good time. Yeah. Welcome back to stadiums. Enjoy it. You crazy <laughs> ass people. Man. Right. It's, 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 but, oh, well. yeah, not but, much else yeah. we can really do from this seat besides complain too. Uh- <laughs> but that's it for this week's NBA playoff check-in check in with us next week as we'll be diving into the second round. We'll have all those matchups probably ongoing by the time we pick up next Wednesday. Uh, so a lot of good matchups that we're going to be having a lot of good times talking about. Oh, next week is going to be good. 
Definitely yes, something to look sir. forward to. Uh, mainly that Bucks Nets round, but uh, the West is going to be on the top end. The top end of the West is stacked. Yeah. Literally anybody in the top four, I think, is 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 wouldn't be a surprise to see as an NBA champion this year. Yeah, I think if uh, if the Lakers get bounced, I will shift my fan focus to the Suns. I'll shift it okay. to the Suns. I'm with you on that. I'm 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 a CP fan. Obviously, I I got a lot of respect for him as a as an athlete, as a person off the field or off the court. I keep saying field, and it just fuck. Anyways, uh, so ready for football, right? <laughs> well, football. I've been watching soccer. It's just uh, anyways. Um, so jumping forward. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of good NBA action coming around later tonight. We do have the, uh, the game six, no, sorry. Game five. Is it game five for tonight for Knicks and or not Knicks? Uh, Clippers, Mavs, Clippers, game Mavs. five tonight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's coming around tonight. I think that starts in about 30 minutes. So definitely something to keep an eye out. See if, see if Luke could maybe turn this around. Um, but that is going to wrap up our NBA playoff discussion for the week. We'll obviously have plenty more for you going into next week. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and kick this over into the shot bets for this last week. Um, we we kick it off with the Knicks and Hawks. This is Tailgate Talk Shot Bets. Like sometimes it's trying to find that file and it's just like oh oh was it was it my turn that, oh, okay now ah all right so first game first shot bit of last week we announced it on the podcast live as well as on the twitch live was going to be the knicks versus the hawks hawks took game three for the third straight game we all actually uh we, we we're, we're on a bit of a sweep where we, we we brought the brooms out all three of us picked the hawks in that game and all three of us end up winning that shot bet. Uh, so if you did end up taking the Knicks, if you're trying to ride the, uh, <laughs> the 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 train with the Knicks for some reason, I don't know why you still would, honestly, because I'm sorry, they're just not enough to, to make it in these playoffs. Uh, then you do owe us a shot, so make sure you do send that to us on social medias. Uh, the, the second game that we're going to be looking at, which was uh, announced on social media from our accounts, was the... Blazers versus the Nuggets. Uh, that was wait, oh, where'd it go? Oh well, that was that game we talked about a lot earlier last yeah, night. We talked quite a bit about it uh, just now. That was the overtime game with Dame scoring tw- or fifty five, and the Nuggets kind of holding on to double overtime victory. The Nuggets end up winning this one. Brooks actually got to cast his vote. I put mine on Instagram and didn't read the whole message. I uh, go ahead. Yeah, like I, I you you've heard me once pull for the Blazers in this series. But anyways, I'll take a I'll take a consolation shot. I don't care. Um and we were just curious cuz we didn't post it so we never knew if you actually voted or anything or if you got it in in time. No, no. We're we're we're, we're going to do this. Consolation so, shot. You know, since I dipped out at the end of the third quarter, and then I woke up this morning and all the Twitter was just about Dame Willard. I was like, oh, the Blazers definitely won. Nope. <laughs> all I right. had to go to the ESPN app and look for the game to find out the final score. <laughs> That's I how that, much of a great game it was. I, I just assumed that. that he had won won the game for him. And no, not the case. Uh, so, Nuggets ended up That's taking the win on that one. Paying your shot off. 
Dustin does no, have a I'm shot for this No, I'm taking a little bit of alcohol hiatus. Okay. <gasps> I'll make those up when I come back around to it. Wait, how, right. how long is this hiatus? I don't know. <laughs> did did we go a little bit too hard the last couple of weeks? Too many? No. Because we had no shot bets to be paid. You just decided to just make up for it somewhere else? I definitely did that. <laughs> so, uh, I did so, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You went up to go visit last weekend. Shit. Oh, man. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more later. Anyways, um, so this week's shot bets, we only have one to start off with. We're going to be doing the similar format that we did for last week. Uh, we're going to be announcing just the first game so far to start. The Milwaukee Bucks versus the Brooklyn Nets on game one this Saturday. Be on the lookout for it. We'll be probably posting to where you can get your vote in on socials probably Friday night at some point. That way you got the whole bit of Friday at the end and all day Saturday to get your vote in. Uh, so that will be our first shot bet. As far as the second shot bet goes, that will be announced on social medias, and I will make sure to get my on, on Twitter this time. Uh, <laughs> Twitter or Insta, just you know, just a little retweet or post it on your story. Tell people who you're taking. Yeah, I that gotta, way the world knows. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take. put myself out there more accountable for for the shot or the picks that I make. Uh, I, I'm I'm with you. I took my consolation shot. I didn't. No, I yeah, didn't, yeah. I didn't have I didn't have proof that I was pulling for Nuggets, even though I was. But it's fine. Uh, so, anyways, uh, I am. I thought I was at two shots. Well, that third one was added for for the your Nuggets consolation. Thing. Oh, for your, okay, yeah, okay, for okay, the okay. Nuggets thing. Okay, okay. So uh, I'm at two shots. Dustin is, is uh, for the first time in quite a while gonna gonna hold on to the shot debt. Yeah. Uh, but he will pay that back at some some future point. Three straight weeks. I, I got a birthday Three coming up. Three straight weeks with no shots, baby. Boom. We haven't picked our Nets-Bucks game. So. We'll, 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 get, we'll get back to that. Um, what was I going to say? Dang it, I lost my train of thought on that. All right. Well, Brooks, is, Brooks has been a monster lately. So whatever he picks on this Brooks-Nets game, I'd probably ride that one with him if I were you listening. Uh, so... I'll uh we'll go ahead and save him for last, just that way me and Dustin don't get that option. Thank you, I appreciate um, it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, I know. I know Dustin's train. No, I know who Dustin's voting for. Anyways, uh, I'm gonna be pulling for the, for the Bucks on this one. That's gonna be my shot bet uh, for this week in between the Milwaukee Bucks and Brooklyn Nets. Dustin, who is going to be your shot bet pick for that game? Still rolling with my Nets. Okay. All right. So. On the on the uh, on the wind train, Brooks, who are you taking? Which one of us are you gonna bless with your vote? Uh, this is probably where it's gonna stop. I don't, man. I I keep debating because I'm like, are the Nets gonna come out just firing and yeah, they are. shut them down, or are the Bucks gonna surprise us and show that dominance they did against the Heat and take Game One? And that's what I'm gonna go with. I picked the Bucks to win the series, and I think the only way to do it is by stealing one of two in the first two games. I'm going to say they start the series off with a dub on Saturday, going Milwaukee Bucks game one. Giannis is going to drop like 50 points All right. on that weak Brooklyn D. 50? Let's go. You, nah, you, probably not 50. Oh, I was like, damn. All right. I haven't seen but him If he that scores 50, that'll be cool. <laughs> that would be great. Hard to hear first. <laughs> All right. So um summarizing, I guess this this past week, I'm at I'm at two shots, Dustin's at one. 
Dustin will be will be rolling those over on the next week or maybe this weekend. Who knows? Maybe maybe somebody will talk him out of it. We'll see. Actually, no, he, he's pretty good normally whenever he doesn't want to drink alcohol. But uh, anybody else owing us a shot bet, make sure you do send us or tag us in those videos or photos or literally whatever. Uh, uh, any way that you want to get those to us, just send send us your shot. We're, we're doing this to have some fun. We, we have fun amongst each other with it because we get to kind of put something on the line and make these games kind of mean a little bit of something. But we'd also love it if y'all were able to jo join us on that one. Um, so I think that's going to kind of wrap up the show for us this week. Uh, you know, a little bit quicker episode, I think. We, we still talked for quite a while, though. NBA was a long, good discussion. I, I enjoyed that. But final shots for the week. Let's go ahead and throw this over to Dustin. What do you have for us on the final shot? for this week for you you can tell by my shirt i want to tag team this one with brooks I know okay. he already called it but i'm jumping in with him so brooks take it away with some coach k nah you're the wearing the duke shirt i'll let i'll let you sir i'll let you bring out the duke shirt actually the 2010 uh national championship shirt which the john shire who is the coach in waiting is was a player on that team and was also a coach for the 2015 national championship team. So kind of cool tie in there. Yeah. Coach K announced his retirement today from Duke um, and college basketball, big college basketball news. And especially he's been such a just rock and cornerstone and I mean, icon in the sport of basketball in general with coaching USA basketball and so many national championships and top five teams and recruiting classes um, he kind of adapted his own coaching strategy and philosophy. I mean, he's the number one, uh, has the most wins in men's college basketball history. I mean, the list goes on and on of the great things he's done. He's definitely the best college basketball coach of our era and lifetime, um, right behind John Wooden. So congrats to him. This next year will be a little farewell tour. Yep, so that was my final shot as well. Basketball had a lot of news break this morning. With We had the Celtics stuff, and then we had Coach K announcing that this will be his final year. So, um, yeah, it's he's obviously been the GOAT of college basketball coaching for a long time. He used to do it with four-year seniors, and then when the uh, one-and-done era came about, he did it, and he's been at the top of that. <laughs> you know, game of course. He didn't want to do it at first, but then he didn't he, want to do he it. His mind, and he turned around. Yeah, but he adapted, and so yeah, he's obviously a coach loved by many. That Duke brotherhood is strong because of their love for that coach, um, and all he's done for them. And of course, you know the NBA. A lot of NBA players who got to play under him with the Olympics and stuff uh, love him to death as well. So just a, an icon in college basketball, but not only that, in the basketball world. Uh, and so, yeah, losing him and then Roy Williams retiring this last year, losing some legends. I'm guessing Bayheim is the next one, and it will be on to the next young group of coaches that are out there uh, to yeah. take up those mantles. But it's it's not, it's it's not the same without without either of those two coaches, honestly, anymore in college basketball. It's weird. It's very weird. To yeah, it's gonna. I think with how the landscape of college basketball is shaping, especially the last couple of years, and these guys' ages, they don't want to deal with as much hassle as it is now. I mean, you yeah. gotta 
recruit a guy and then hope he stays for more than one year. And then you got to, if he does stay more than one year, try to recruit him to stay on your own team rather than transfer out. Now you got to recruit against the uh, possibly going and playing like G league and professional basketball right off the bat. It's just like getting crazier. Like you have so much decent competition now that, it's it's a tough gig. Like it was already a hard gig. Now it's getting even harder. So very very true. I didn't even consider the G League and all that too. Jesus, yeah. I don't blame him. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't blame him don't at either. all. Like he's already done enough. Yeah. You know. I mean he he's always he's gonna go down. Obviously in 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 college basketball Hall of Fame. But like, hey, he's he's just he oh, he's, he, he's he's always is he already okay. Well, yeah. Either way, yeah. Um. He's gonna go down as one of the biggest coaches ever, ever to ever to to coach college basketball. And uh, no, nah, there's nothing else you can really say. Hats yeah. off, hats off. We're gonna, we're gonna miss him. Um. So uh, as far as my final shots go, uh, a short twofer again. Uh, the Canadians, you know, we're try, trying to kind of talk a little bit of NHL each week since I have a team now. Canadians. Uh, uh, so, so here was the deal. Uh, you know how? Um, oh God, who was it that that lost three one in in the NBA playoffs? Or they Clippers. were up, they were they were up three one. Sorry, Clippers. Yeah, yeah, Clippers last year. Sorry, yeah, Clippers were up last year three one, right? And they end up losing the series. Toronto Maple Leafs went ahead and did the same thing, but the Canadians were the team to beat them. So they were down three one in this series. Ended up winning three in a row to move on to the next round to play against Winnipeg. Now they're beating Winnipeg in the end of the third period with a three to one lead at this very moment. So definitely excited about that. But the actual news uh, that I do want to talk about is uh, Christian Pulisic. Uh, he is on the U.S. men's national soccer team, and he is by far our our, our best player. And I mean, I'm talking like he has been since his senior year of high school. He's been our our best soccer player. Quite literally, he went to go play for a club team over in Europe and flew back for his prom. Like, that's quite literally how good this dude is. And so uh, he plays for Chelsea at the moment out out in the EPL. And Chelsea ended up winning the Champions League tournament, which yep. is one of the hardest tournaments. You you remember how uh, a couple of couple of months ago, a couple of weeks ago, we, did, we were talking about that Super League thing? Super League. Yeah. So, uh, Super League was a response to some of these top teams not making it deep enough into the Champions League. And that's how important this Champions League is to those people. They were willing to spend millions upon billions of dollars to make their own league versus not making it far enough into this Champions League. So, we have an American, we have a, we have a United Statesman playing at the highest level possible with one of the best clubs in the entire world. And so, he takes home a Championship uh, League medal. And they raised that trophy. Uh, congrats to Christian Pulisic. Awesome. USA. Yeah. USA. Dude, it's so good to see he, USA he's soccer. Their be- he's their best player, right? Oh, yeah. Hand, I don't know if – I wouldn't – hard to say hands down their best player, but he's on there for, for, for 90 minutes plus. He's playing the entire game so, in any overtime. So are you a Chelsea fan? Or? No. I've, I've always been no. a, a Manchester United fan personally since, like, the mid nineties. 
gonna say Mike Ryan from the Levitard show does a Chelsea podcast where oh. he is like he's very well connected and all that stuff. And, and uh, so he was he's a big Chelsea fan, so he was pretty hyped over the weekend. So that's kind of how I was aware of it. Is he was posting all oh. about it all all weekend. Dude, that's cool. It's big news. It's big news for U.S. soccer. I, I'm 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 pumped to see this. Uh, obviously, we have somebody like because it was always such a hard time. Like you, like whenever Landon Donovan made it to the made it to Europe and yeah. was playing in the EPL, it was a big deal. Like what 10, 15 years ago, yeah. everybody was super pumped about that. So to see this guy win in like the hardest, and uh, in, in arguably the hardest stage because there's no nationalism that you have to worry about here. They can pick and choose and develop any roster that they want, and he wins one of the hardest tournaments there are in the in the in the world for soccer. We yeah. we we got an American in there, and that, that's phenomenal. Uh but anyways, that's that's my final shot. Christian Pulisic is a legend, and uh, he's he's basically carrying the the U.S. men's national team on his back. So, um, any anything else y'all have for this episode, guys? No, man, I'm good. I'm good. Sweet, sweet. Well, uh, everybody out there listening, oh, uh, apparently, shout out to West Texas A&M softball for winning a natty. Oh, man, yeah, women's softball. Yeah, I just don't like pulling for anybody that has A&M next to their name. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so uh, if you are listening, make sure you do subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if it is on Spotify or iTunes, in particular iTunes, make sure you give us that five-star rating as well as drop a review down below. Uh, and if you really want to help us out, make sure you head over to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook and give us a follow. Uh, the Twitter account is at tailgate underscore talks. But uh, I'll, as I said earlier in this episode, we are doing a lot more work as, in regards to the YouTube channel. So make sure you do swing by there. Make sure you do drop off a subscribe and ring the bell for us as far uh, uh, as helping that grow. Uh, if you do want to follow our personal accounts, make sure you can follow Dustin at Dustin Wimmer 22 on Twitter. Brooks, you can fo- find him at Calvin B. Barrett. And me, you can find me at Blanca, where the L is a one. And if you have any sort of questions, emails, or any sort of questions, thoughts, or anything that you want to hear us talk about more on the show, make sure you email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. Um, I think that wraps it, us, uh, wraps it up for us this week. And uh, we will catch you guys on next week. Obviously, keep an eye out on all the socials. Look out for all of our all of the postings and get your shot bet boats in. See y'all later. Yep. Catch y'all at the next tailgate.